This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, do you need ride fans? It's Christopher James Fairbanks letting you know about a few shows I have coming up here in May on the 10th. Brooklyn, New York. I'll be at the Bell House. If you live in New York, please go to that show. I'm very excited about it. And then the next night, the 11th, I'll be in Jammin' Java in Vienna, Virginia. That's near D.C. Uh, Closing out this little run, I'll be at City Winery, this time in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Please go to chrisfairbanks.com for tickets. Thank you, and uh, you're welcome. (laughs) Are you leaving or are you on your way? send you off in style we want to welcome you back home tell us all about it were you scared or was it fine mouth horn Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgareth. Hello, Karen, my friend. Hi, Chris, my friend. How are you? Oh, good. You're, you're, we're speaking right after I almost made a grave mistake, which I'm, I'm leaving t- tomorrow, so I was going to give myself a haircut, and then I thought, <laughs> no, this could go wrong, and if it did, Karen would notice it's another one of those WWKD situations. <laughs> Would Karen cut her hair? I'm not worried about fucking it up and then these shows, the all the audience seeing that I gave myself some weird asymmetrical haircut. You're, I, I'm, you're worried about the lip I would give you about it? I just, because I honor your lip. <laughs> well, finally. Yes. Finally, someone does. Yes. Um, <laughs> although it's it's the reason I was laughing so hard the idea that you would say that, because that was something I was infamous for with my college roommates, Dave and Christy and Maleva. Um, I would get drunk. Every time I got drunk, I would ask them to cut my hair or I would start cutting my hair. And I'd be like, come on, it's easy. Or Thanks, very. Like, grabbing, grabbing my hair. And Dave, especially, he'd always be like, "It's there's so much more than you think there is back here. Because he would try to just get a straight, you know, just do a straight bob yeah. all the way around. But it's, I have so much hair that it's like you start and like you think you're doing it and then it just keeps going and going. You have to keep on cutting it evenly. 
Anyway. Yeah, you and I both have a lot of hair. Like, even someone that is used to cutting fine hair, you got to find someone that's used to volume. Yes, because it can get misshapen very easily. And also, but I think we're the same, that if you screw it up, you can kind of cover it up okay. If you just, as long as you don't go too short. Yeah, I don't know how to cut hair at all. And I've tried and I'm bad at it. But with my hair, it is really just like sculpture or rather trimming hedges. I have Mm -hmm. a mass (laughs) and I need to shape it. And it's with rapid stabbing motions. I don't hold it down and say, well, I hope this works, like the clippers. Just scissor stabs. And if I take out a big chunk, some more will lay over it. Yeah. So I I think I would have been okay, but I'm glad. Probably. And but here's the thing that that I have learned over the years, especially now that I don't drink uh, wine coolers anymore. Um, The satisfaction you're imagining you're going to feel after you're done cutting your hair does not exist in the world. Right. You always don't do a good job. It doesn't look as cute as you think it would. And then you're just left. Basically, you've you've stranded yourself on an island of weirdly shaped hair for like at least a week until someone can fix it for you. Yeah, there's never been a scenario where someone's like, man, that's better than a professional would have done. (laughs) Never once. Yeah, I I mean, I reached out to my guy. He was booked today. So I, you know, I was... Uh, I'm just going to, and now I'm looking here in the Zoom. At the, it's nice, you know, it's a little bit of body. Maybe I stand to trim around the ears, but it'll no, be No, I think fun. it looks good. Yeah, it's But also when you go, because you're going on the road, you're going to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You're going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota. You could go to a hip- in, in, in Minneapolis. <laughs> um, but you could go to a super hipster barber there and have someone... With a twirly mustache, cut your hair. Right. Maybe I should save it for New York City. Get a big New York City Wall Street oh, haircut. Don't let them slick your hair back. I'm going to go to <laughs> New York City and, and listen to nothing but Genesis and do cocaine and murder people. What movie? Uh, the Christian Bale one. Yeah, the, the, um, uh, yes, Batman. I'm a killer. I'm a killer. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yes, Batman. <laughs> Yes, Batman. He Always had the Batman. slickest back, rubber hair, and two little ears. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about Serial Killer 1, right? Yes, yes, I was indeed. What's the name of it? It's a movie, um, American Psycho, and it's a yes. movie that, it's a book, apparently a violent book, much like Mary Sheely's Frankenstein. You must be ready <laughs> for the graphic. Sheely? <laughs> uh, Brett Easton Ellis actually wrote it. The point is... Yeah. <laughs> Brady. <laughs> Who is it? Shelley? Mary Shelley. Oh, Shelley? Why did I say Shelley? <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of like you're giving it a little flair. Yeah, yeah. I My favorite actress is Ali Shetty. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you keep um, all your tools out in the sheed. <laughs> Especially <Right>? my wet eater. <laughs> See, it's fun. Would See, we, would we do mutual word plays if if we had a big fancy guest today? No, we wouldn't even have. We first of all, awkward Zoom problems. Mm-hmm. We're right on the verge of getting back in the car. You yeah, just feel I know. Like. I knew you were. I was hoping you'd say that. You and I can go out inaugural car. Yeah, episode. but th- we need a, um, our producer to right. engineer it. Yes, of course. But. I'm so sick of Zoom conversations. Yeah. I think we've ta- I've talked about this for like two years straight, but the Zoom awkwardness, it's like 
I don't, it's something I don't want to master. Yeah. I don't want to get better at Zoom. Yeah. I just don't want to be dependent on it anymore. I wonder if we're hurting Zoom's feelings. You know, a lot like all these targeted ads come up when you talk about something. The computers oh. have to be hearing. And yes. we know from uh, Terminator that computers can learn to cry. <laughs> Did he cry in that movie? Yeah, he did at the very end when Edward Furlong, uh, pre-cocaine partying, had to, (laughs) partying, partaying, (laughs) had to lower him. His new friend, the first adult, his first father figure, I'm of course talking about uh, Terminator 2 colon Judgment Day. Yes, yeah, one of the he, greats. He can, have, he can have feelings. Or like little Haley Joel Osment, that little computer boy. They, we're hurting <sighs> Zoom's feelings, is all I'm saying. Listen, Zoom, if you're AI yeah. and you are processing this in an emotional way, uh, I apologize, yeah. first of all. Uh, we really value, um, you made it possible for us to do our jobs right. in a very difficult worldwide quarantine. So... Sorry for the ingratitude. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, couldn't do it without you. But you couldn't couldn't do this without me being able to circle three different stoplights in in a grid of photos. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's a two-way street. Yeah. uh, Zoom. Yeah. You can't yet. If you are listening. Yeah. If if that is your real... Name. I, the other day, I just grabbed these photos of a stage I painted back when I worked on Fuel TV. We did an outdoor week on on the beach, and I did a quick painting of these geometric lines, basically. And I pulled them from my Facebook the other day to my phone, just because I had forgotten I'd done this 12 years ago. And I'm not kidding you, five minutes later... I was sent a targeted ad, so I didn't say anything out loud. I thought our phones could hear us, but they also are looking at these images. The The golf shirt was the exact, I'll send it to you after this, it was the exact <laughs> pattern that I yeah. made up out of my head, and it was on a shirt. Yes. But it's a shirt that actually exists. I looked for it elsewhere, and it it's not based on the photo. It was the most, it actually scared me. That's how... When you see these two photos, you'll be like, no way. Uh, I'll also get scared. You will get scared. And you don't need to go to a a mansion in Renwick, Ohio on the 28th for my haunted mansion. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think it's the 27th. Anyway, the point is... Are you doing a haunted mansion show? I am, and I—it's not on my what? poster. Okay. I added it later. You have to. Can you see it from my point of view? Yeah. Where it seemed like you just made the most obscure reference right. of all time to be funny. The the funny thing is, I'm on I'm I'm on alert because in my if you ask me, I already have mentioned that three times. But that's because <laughs> I'm so used to repeating myself. But there is no way because I did just book this about a week ago. And I have been, I'm staying there after the show. It's a big, uh, very scary looking (laughs) giant castle in the middle of nowhere. So it's like literally on a hillside where there's always lightning. And Mm -hmm. I'm staying there and the the booker of the show, he guaranteed I would have a ghost experience. Wow. So with that much, uh, he's that sure of it that I'm actually, can you put me in the ghostless room because I don't, I'm not looking to get possessed. No, but that's different. I think a possession style house, Amityville horror-ish, is different than just your regular ghost Airbnb. This is 
here's what it has in common with the Amityville house. It is symmetrical. If you squint, you can see a face in the windows. <laughs> it is. That's, that's the gardener. Yeah, He's just trying to fake. do his job. It's a cutout, promotional cutout from uh, Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> it is. I am. I am. I am a little nervous. But you asked for it. I Not asked to for victim it. Victim blame. But yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah, little doggy right now looks like a, your dog's on your shoulder. Oh, blossom. Oh, blossom doing spatial work. You knew you'd look like you're on Karen's shoulder. Oh, you. <laughs> she knew. knows. She, she knew. knows how to do it. She knows how to deliver. Uh, listener, my dog is walking across the back of the couch, mm-hmm. which is actually a move she doesn't usually make. Yeah. She stays off screen, so it's kind of, she just made like a fun entrance. Yeah, yeah, that was cat behavior. It, w- it was actually. And she Karen's, likes to sit behind you. Karen's shoulders end, in my view, it's they end uh, with the horizon of the back of the couch, so it really looked like a dog did a prancy little <laughs> dance across her shoulders, and uh, quite fun. She is my circus dog. I do love the fact that Blossom love like Blossom's ideal um, position for you petting her is she comes and stands on her hind legs and puts her little feet on your leg as you're sitting down, and then you can just pet her like that. So she's not trapped by you in any way. She can get away anytime she wants. But she also like you're gonna either pet her head or probably her back. So it's like very specific. And it makes me, and then if you're laying on the couch, she does the same thing where she'll come and put her feet up and you like pet her head. And Uh, sometimes she'll put her head down next to yours, which is the cutest thing. But she never like sits next to you and cuddles. She doesn't want, right. You, she, she doesn't want you to have the one up on her. Yeah. That's cat behavior. I think there's a little bit of cat. If you looked in the genealogy, much like uh, tigers (laughs) and lions make ligands and uh, tie-ons. Uh, you know, at some time, refugees, zoos, they'll have sex through the fence. I don't want to get into why it happens, but it happens. There's bound to be a cat in that dog's lineage. <laughs> having, like a lion having sex through the fence. Yeah. It's so horrifying. Yeah. And not romantic. No. Did they even talk before? No. I think a lot of times it comes as a surprise. <laughs> One animal, because fences, we all know, are great for uh, s- scratching your butt. Oh. And then, whoopsie. <laughs> whoopsie. What's I've that over there? Ask Martha Kelly. We watched the making of a tie-on or a liger. For at, real? At Noah's, land, at Noah's Land outside of Austin, yes. Is it a rescue park? Like yeah, that's when I knew they weren't uh, just uh, a refugee safe place for... They, it was also a bre- uh, accidental breeding ground. It's like, well, I think you guys need more rules. Have you thought about just putting up a sign that says no fence fucking? Do And do these uh, ligers and tie-ons read? Can they? <laughs> English? Oh, my. Wait, can we go back to the Haunted Mansion really quick? Yes, of course. Your show isn't at the Haunted Mansion. It is. You just asked. It is. Yeah. And oh, Chris. I was asked, and then I saw Kyle Kinane had done it. I asked him about it. He said it was very fun if you're in the area. I am, de- I am indeed in the area. It's like an hour from Chicago, so I'm driving the Porsche there. And <laughs> Amazing. And will wake up, and something will be hovering above me, trying to unbutton my pants like in Ghostbusters, the scene everyone forgot about, <laughs> where Dan Aykroyd gets a ghostly blowjob. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's cold. That's a cold one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like your ideal would be a Dan Aykroyd ghostly blowjob, but there's also a chance that there could just be uh, like a widow in a wet nightgown standing in the corner and you don't realize she's there until you turn your head. Because of my usage of it here and online, I tried to avoid the word negligee, but she would be wearing <laughs> a, a dusty 1920s negligee similar to the one hovering above me in New Orleans, which yes. I believe is the reason I almost slept through my show. <laughs> I, I was... Lullaby Don't to blame the negligee. I'm blaming the murder from 50 years ago. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, some ghost turned up. I'm just saying I set an alarm. I consciously set it. I looked. It was still set. It never went off. That never happens. Usually it's an AM PM situation or I had right. the volume turned down. This was just a ghost that wanted me to be late. A sexy Victoria's Secret ghost? Yeah. But this sexy little ghost vixen didn't know how fast I could run almost a mile with an umbrella, did she? <laughs> yeah, I made it on time. Yeah, goddammit. Well, now, were, did you make it on time in terms of the very beginning of the entire show? Or right as the middler was like, ladies and gentlemen, your next comic plays clubs and colleges all over this country. I think I misspoke. I, I The poor opener had to stretch and do like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and and was you didn't make it in time. No, no, I I was very late. I mean, in time for the, the to do a show. Yes, like, no one had left. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Flights arrive. That does late. happen. Yeah, and uh, I've been lucky so far, but that was that was on me. And I and then I looked online and found out the bed and breakfast I was in, or sorry, yeah, bed and breakfast. I just chose not to eat their muffins. They are famously haunted. It was like okay. called the banana, the banana House or something. And uh, yeah, I I I could just I think a lot of ghost experiences they're boring because no nothing is impressive about me just knowing that I felt a presence. Right. Like there's no reason I should go. Huh? What's that? And there's nothing there. That to me. Or just my neck hair standing up and a cold breeze or blowing on my neck. Like there's little things, but I've never seen an apparition. Or a well, and also specter. because when people tell you about things like that, yeah. it for me personally reminds me of like there's a kid in grammar school who would lie for attention. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. And you're just like, I don't know what you want me to care about this because it don't it happened to you and I don't believe you. So there could be that element yeah, of it too. I and I'm the same way. And I would expect you to be logical about it. That's why I was very hesitant years ago when I told you about what was clearly a young child haunting my kitchen, but I just <laughs> felt it and I was sure of it. And I what made me more sure is the day I realized it wasn't happening anymore oh it's just whatever presence there was i had uh you know anyway it's it seems like that's the kind of thing you need to go to the public library and look in the microfiche if there was a crime in your building yeah yeah i the problem with microfiche is you need to know the year you i wanted to <laughs> uh, just generally because i was trying to find for our listeners the actual cover story of me with my address walking children to school on <laughs> right, the route, yep. you know, perfect everything a kidnapper needs, a checklist. And I checked, I scrolled through the entire year I was in kindergarten 
And uh, I just, I don't know if I looked on every, maybe it wasn't the cover. It was a personal interest section. I, I looked yeah, that's a, It seems hours. like a page aider. You have to know. <laughs> just scrolling and scrolling. Yeah, you have to know the specific like issue or yeah. month at least. And which is very it, ghostly about that experience was me going to the librarian who was a 20 year old something. And I was like, can someone help me with the microfiche? And he looked at me all scared and he's like, anyone that knows about that has been dead for years. <laughs> so I had to figure it out. A I had to fire up the projector on my own. No one there. <laughs> no one has asked about microfiche or film in, in recent years. So I was on my own. I miss anything that would move the way microfiche slides slide. Yeah. Like they're so beautiful and fluid as you're like trying to go through and skip through. There's nothing that operates that way anymore. You're right. It's like a shuffleboard. It's like beautiful and fast and smooth and kind of liquid what the way it, it goes it, through. Is it like a centipede ball or is it a joystick? What? I remember uh, you, you could just whip across it and it keeps going on its own and slowly slows down. This could be made up because I doubt you. I think, where would I have used a microfish thing? Like at my high school or public library? But I remember some sort of a lever that moved from left to right and it was on a horizontal plane. And that's how you like turn the page, page, page. Right. But you can also go up and one. down. You could? Yeah. I think it was uh, similar to uh, an etiquette, but not oh. knobs. Levers? Levers. Okay. So nothing like an Etch-a-Sketch, <laughs> except you got your vertical, you got your side to side. Anything else, it's staircases, baby. <laughs> There's an element of control, and that is that is where the Etch-a-Sketch similarities end. <laughs> yeah. And right there's, there. There's a screen. And you can make a flower out of squares. Yeah. But you'd have to say it's a flower because it would be unrecognized. And much like an Etch-a-Sketch, if you're at the library and you're not getting what you want, you can shake the shit out of it. Shake it and run. <laughs> what I liked, uh, now that you say stairs, what I realized is when I played with an Etch-a-Sketch, which now I'm kind of thinking I want to buy one because it would be just fun to look at. It mm -hmm. would just be fun to play with. Everyone that. should have one. I think so. But... Uh, as a person who, unlike yourself, is not very artistic in that way or can't really draw, but when I would play with it when I was little, what I loved was watching the weird little thing you were controlling move. Yeah. So it was less about what I was making and more about like make that thing go around. Yeah. Which is the reason satisfying. one of the first things I did as a kid is take it apart and all that, what was likely real lead <laughs> going all over my carpet. Because there's yeah. a, a screw in the back. It was like they're asking for it. Yeah, they but were. I did take it Wait, apart. And what was in there? Like, is it a magnet and magnet fibers? Like the guy that you give a beard to? Yeah, yeah. I. It is magnet shavings, so it isn't lead. Yeah, and it was a. Those knobs are controlling a a sliding horizontal bar and a sliding uh, vertical bar, and oh, and you, and then. They, in the middle is this this tip, metal shavings. I'm lucky I didn't get it in my eye. The yeah. amount of times I should have blinded myself. For real. But when it's a magnet, you just pull them out with magnets. 
<laughs> You're the doctor. When it comes to magnet injuries, don't worry about it. Yeah, it I know goes, all about it. It just goes the opposite of how it went in. Yeah. <laughs> just pull it right back out. I'm a magnet, a knowledgeable person. The opposite of insane clown posse. Now that's only you would know. <laughs> he knows how magnets work. Yes, he doesn't have I to know ask how magnets in a song. Work. <laughs> and I don't, I don't hate my dad and I don't love Mountain Dew. See, that was the low blow. That's not nice. A lot of our listeners used to be part of the Juggalo family. Yeah, they might still be. And uh, I only lash out because I'm jealous of your uh, camaraderie. And I, it seems like a supportive environment. Of us being in the Insane Clown Posse? Yes, just the uh, the gathering of the Juggalos. I just wanted to... Yeah, we're... Oh my God. It, you know, that's the thing is we're there for the support. There's yeah. just, uh, yes, there's partying. Yes, there's music. It's not really about that though. No. It's about turning to your fellow clown, yeah. Juggalo, and saying, I've been going through some stuff. And they're like, okay, let's just walk over here to a quiet area and tell me all your problems. Yeah. And I, I will absolutely listen to you and ignore this show. And that's amazing. It is. It honestly is. I... In uh, when I worked at Fuel with Jordan and uh, and all those other comics, I was never the one to go, but they would go to the gathering of the Juggalos to go there and possibly make fun of them. And all they experienced were like a group of people that maybe didn't have good parental figures, and they yeah. really were like sweet and cared about each other. And it was like, eh, it's kind of hard to make fun of these people that just. Uh, uh, but then I watched something that Bobcat Goldthwait did and he was being driven around in a golf cart and someone got hit in the head with a bottle. The guy I think it was Brian Posehn. Yeah, <laughs> Brian okay, Posehn used to tell that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they went, it was like they tried to do comedy at the Juggalo Festival oh, wow. and they got like attacked. But of course it was the 90s, so I think they were probably doing very mean, you guys are nerds comedy, yep. probably. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, and... If it was back then, and it was those two, that means it was the Comedians of Comedy Tour, and I feel like Maria Bamford was with them, because <laughs> I drew the posters back then. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I actually, I'm not even kidding. Now that my mind has been open to a world where I enjoy EDM electronic music festivals, mm -hmm. I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed that, because I thought I wouldn't. And then they sample one... New Order song, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm enjoying it. It's myself. all about the vibe these days. Yeah. I think this is the lesson we've learned in the 2020s yep. is people want, in the past, I think we've been very clicky and we've we've gotten a lot of personal, what we believe to be personal satisfaction and security out of like othering people yep. and saying, I'm in here and you're out there. Yep. And that actually doesn't feel good. And really what feels good is just feeling good and making sure everybody else feels good. Yeah. So whether you're at a Juggalo convention mm -hmm. or you are tripping balls in the desert what? with a bunch of rich kids yeah. who don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming that from. That was most of the people there. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. There's all the different groups have are kind of like from different classes, but ultimately we all just are scared shitless of the world we now live in. Yeah. We need we need a little. We just want to have some fun. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, and I and I did, and and I <laughs> I'm gonna be open to any. I the only thing that's gonna take a lot of work is for me to go to my first dead show, 
That's going to take some mental preparation because I don't well, like the noodling, Karen. Well, and also you'd, you have to travel into the past. Because oh, are you going to go to the John Mayer dead, dead yeah. style shows? John oh. Mayer featuring the dead. Yeah, I guess that's not what I want to be at. I would have to get into a time machine. <laughs> Although, you know, that I think is the original vibes-centric group of people because everyone's on acid. Right. And everyone is kind of trying to, is being nice, you know, because they're on acid or because they want to make sure other people are having a good trip or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've right. seen a couple dead documentaries. I can speak on these people. Yeah, I've seen enough to where I feel like I was at Woodstock. Uh, documentaries, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I am, by the way, uh, speaking of substance abuse and not doing it, uh, I guess <laughs> more, more realistically, I'm changing the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I, a more accurate segue is I'm changing the subject. <laughs> I am, yeah. I'm three and a half weeks into this whole thirty thing, and I uh, so I haven't <gasps> drank. I don't want to get graphic, but my movements are like when I was fifteen years old. I feel so good. I'm like have energy. That's great. And I wonder how much of it really is that I'm not drinking. And when I'm doing well, stand up, I remember every joke I was going to tell. I have to tell you, I, we've talked about this a million times, but as a person who, when I drank, absolutely adored it. Just really. Yeah. And I, and I do every once in a while, like, we'll have a beer if, like... Yeah. You had a beer in Hawaii years ago. I remember. Yeah. I marked it on my calendar. I had a, a couple Mai Tais in Hawaii. Like, if I'm on vacation and there's certain people around right. me or whatever, but it's all the people that when I do it, they go... Okay, but they're, you can tell they're like, don't start doing this again. And right. I, their nervousness keeps me in check. Sure. Also, the alcohol itself, because it absolutely makes me so sick and I kind of do it anyway. But overall, when you have a constant stream of alcohol in your system, it's a depressant. Yeah. So even though you're having fun or whatever, the long-term like after effects are really depressant in all kinds of ways, depressant and inflammatory. So yeah. the just it's like having a poison come out of your system. Right. Where like, yeah. And that's uh, great. also, you know, no sugar, all the things I'm not ha I'm just no processed food basically is what it is. So I'm eating. That's amazing. But I I haven't lost, here's what's interesting. I weigh, maybe I've lost a couple pounds, but my face shape has changed. Right. And that was all booze cheeks. <laughs> Inflamed booze cheeks. Yeah. And I also, you know, when I, I was nervous to go up at the comedy store because I, you know, because of history and me, I get nervous. And I realized, You're human. why am I not, I'm not usually nervous. Oh, wow. I usually have one or two drinks before every time I do stand up. That was sure. confronting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's kind of like a, that's natural. You're in a bar. Yeah. You're at a club. Yeah. You know, oh, here, I'm here. I have, a, I need a beverage. Yeah. Like it's, it's very, it's a given almost. Yeah. Wait, did you go do um, his show? Fahim, that yeah, yeah. And Fahim was so, he, this show was like, here's three or four comics that are going to break it up. But he was doing like seven to 10 minutes in between everyone so of all new jokes. He had them all typed out. He was trying to get familiar with each one. They were just the fact that they were typed out. I'm like, well, I've never done that. They <laughs> all, he was so funny and they all were like finished jokes. It was yeah. a entirely, in my 
mind. It was like watching someone try out a new half hour. And they all had a through line. And his act outs, a lot of people, when they do act outs, it's so obvious that they're doing them. He does them during a point. He's not animated while he talks. So when he stops and acts something out, it's like a a special treat because he's not animated otherwise. And the ideas, he had a joke about... uh, all the wine drinking white ladies should be solving crimes. And, and he acted out. All right. What do we got here, Jim? And it was like a, a, a lady with wine and a cop throwing up. Cause it's so gory. And she's like, out of the way, rookie. <laughs> he set it up of course, way better, but it was a very, very, my favorite murdery. I wish you had seen that bit. It was so funny. Like, I mean, I watched his, um, Oh, right. Yeah. Hat trick. Hat trick. But I started watching that and he is just, it, he is just, I mean, we've done, we've done this now twice where he's on the show and then we talk about him yeah, the next I episode. Yeah, I think that's okay. We get a little bit of a, a Fahim Anwar hangover because we adore him so much. But, yeah. Um, he just is thinking through these ideas that like you told him when he was on where it's like, I wish I thought of that. It's so right there. Yep. But then the way he does it is so different. Right. And then the act outs, of course always make like when he was doing the thing of looking for the girl like like meet me here meet me there type of thing and he keeps pulling up yeah yeah funny yeah that's so the most relatable i don't think anyone's i i would venture to guess no one's done a joke about that when someone's on the move and you're trying to meet up with them it's such (laughs) on the move yeah (laughs) oh yeah we just left there oh god i it's so hard to talk about someone's material but he was great and he it was firsthand example after after saying all those things about him. That's exactly what he's doing. It was all why didn't I think of that daily observations? I want to be better at that, but I'm okay that I'm not. That's not my specialty. You do a different thing. Yeah, that, I do that's different just thing. you basically going. Here's what I think you're saying because well, this is how I feel too. I admire the amount of work. I admire the night after night dedication to the work. And basically that I feel like when he's doing comedy, he feels very free to just kind of try and like, and have it be like, if it's not a thousand percent, it's okay. Which I know you and I have that very perfectionistic tendency of like, if I'm not the best comedian on the show, I have failed. Or like, if I forget a joke, that's the worst thing in the world. We're like, I have a feel I I've seen enough uh bits of his on like social media and stuff to be like, yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like he's truly just like, yeah, I'm just gonna do yeah. it again later. Whereas when I have a bit, even if it kind of worked, if it didn't work as well as I wanted it to, I've actually vocally apologized. <laughs> Either with my face or by actually saying sorry. And I gotta stop doing that. But also it was a room full of his fans that was, they really like him. And I, yeah, I have to leave town to get that, it seems. But uh, I think you have to leave the town of your mind, is what you need to do. You're right. I need to do some brain traveling. Yes, get on the brain train, <laughs> get out of town. <laughs> Let me pack my earbags. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, wait, do you want to talk about that? You have live shows coming up, and I think our listeners love to support you all around this great nation. By the time this airs, I think we'll have to be looking uh, at May, but that's, I'm going to New York and I'm going to Philadelphia 
and I'm going to Vienna, Virginia, which is basically Washington, D.C. I think that's all that's on that leg, but I very much okay. want people to go to the Bell House in New York. I've I have sweaty nightmares about there's just being 40 people in the front row. And, uh, and the Bell House is the best. We had one of our very, before we had a touring agent, I booked us at the Bell House and we didn't know. We were like, oh, we're going to do a live show at the Bell House. And there's, you know, whatever, 300 tickets you can sell right. or 200. And the guy from the Bell House called and was like, what the hell? Like, we didn't realize there was going to be a turnout or a demand at all. And we basically kind of fucked them up because there was people wow. like, hey, I want to get a ticket or whatever. And we were just like, I was like, I'm so sorry. We didn't, I, we just didn't know. Yeah. Any, we didn't know our numbers. We, I had the exact same fear and the exact same kind of like, oh, I hope this goes yeah. good. You don't know until it's happening, even because I'm not that on top of online communicating with people. It's And then cut to a year later, you you two were selling out Australian opera houses and everything. Insane. It's so neat. Yeah. But I think if you give people enough time, like how we're doing on this podcast, and then you're like, if you're in the New York in the tri-state area and you want to see Chris Fairbanks do stand-up live, he is Brooklyn Bell House in May, make it happen, go support him. I mean, you there's gonna be three hundred dinosaurs <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I that was the one yeah, I'm I'm I want I'll do whatever to get people in there. I will walk around with a sandwich board, pretend the world's it. ending, except it says I have a show tonight at the bell house. The world's ending, I have a show tonight, you might as well go. Yeah. If if yeah. you don't go to this show, to me the world has ended. That's what my sandwich <laughs> board will say. Do not induce the apocalypse, you selfish asshole. Yeah. Go to the Bell House in May to see Chris Fairbank. <laughs> Continued on back, and then I have to turn around. <laughs> and then on the back, it just says how much we love Fahim Anwar, <laughs> all, the, all the way down. Not to keep dragging this through the soil, but, <laughs> but uh, that's but not a saying not? anyway. It says down my leg. <laughs> um, can I just say that, and and I not to dip into the weather small talk. Whatever it is, is, yes. Okay, thank you. There's a leak in my ceiling and it's, I have like literally a bowl on the ground with a dish towel under it. I'm just catching water, which is insane. It's like, there's so much rain here. Right. The rain has not stopped for days. What is insane is you have a beautiful house, but both of our places were built just after the turn of the century. Or maybe, no, yours was the 50s, right? Mine's 1950, yeah. Yeah, mine is 1930. And I have, and it's nothing to write home about. And the wiring is horrifying. It's wrapped in fabric. Yeah. I have no leaks. And I'm not shoving this <gasps> in your face, but I've been dry as a bone in here, baby. God damn it. <laughs> but it's not your fault. But that's did, good. Did you know yesterday there was a tornado in Bellflower? Like, did you yes. see the footage? In I Los did. Angeles. So yep. far, we've gotten more rain than than famous rain city, Seattle, which has not had a shortage of rain this year. We've exceeded we their anyway. rainfall. And, and And this, welcome to the weather. <laughs> and a tornado in Los Angeles, has that ever happened? And we're the footage, you need to look at it if you haven't. Literally chunks of roof were ripped off several buildings and windows shattered on cars. Yeah, multiple cars because a flying 
Roof-to-bris. And I think that people, if you're not from Los Angeles, it's not just like, oh, we're not used to this kind of rain. Right. For the past, would you say, five years, it has been bone dry here. Yeah. We're like, the last two summers, I've been stressed the whole summer because I'm like, it's so hot and we there's no moisture, everything. Yep. And that's, our big thing was the fires. Yeah. And there were so many wildfires because this whole state was dry as a bone. And now there's water everywhere and up north, um, there were two cyclones that came in at the same time in right around San Francisco, which is right where I'm from. Um, two cyclones basically hit at the same time. And at one point, there was the winds were so high. I saw a woman in the video on TikTok. She lives in this high rise in San Francisco, and her couch blew off of her deck down onto literally like it looked like 10 or 20 stories down oh. onto just the sidewalk yeah it just it just picked up and blew off yeah semis were tipping over on the bay bridge and i saw a tiktok we love tiktok weather i saw a building it. in san francisco where it was just raining the windows off of a skyscraper glass flying like frisbees no one was injured what do you mean oh it was blowing off the, off, win the windows like glass on a finished building was flying off Oof. and flying through the air. What a, I mean, if you get hit with one of those, your last thought is has to be, man, I must have deserved that. Yeah. You're immediately like, of course. If any of you have lost someone to a flying window pane at a juggalo contention, again, <laughs> a lot of what I say is flippant outbursts. Yeah. And I mean you no harm. <laughs> and AI... Zoom, if you lost a loved one, <laughs> yeah. if you as an AI can imagine losing a loved one and want to get revenge, don't do it. I think Zoom has sort of lost its older brother, Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Skype, that people would always be like, that was the big kind of like innovation in the early 2000s yeah. people like we're gonna do a live skype and that's i worked in tv at the time where i'd be like don't do it don't it's the worst like no one wants to see a worse version of your own tv screen with somebody with terrible sound and they're kind of like far away yeah no don't do it no let's all tune in for the most boring tv show ever hey and here's the catch it's also poor quality <laughs> It might cut out. Okay, stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot believe there's a tornado. Look it up if you don't believe me. Los Angeles tornado. It's so tornado. weird. But also, I the thing that's tripping me out is usually in Southern California, compared to Northern California or the PN dubs. Mm -hmm. um, word, word. It does not rain consistently. It doesn't rain for a whole day down here because yeah. this is a, like a, we're actually an arid desert climate. Yeah, We just came and built things to make it seem like it's not, but it that's the natural set. So down here, if it rains, it'll rain for like 40 minutes and stop. It'll rain for a little bit of the afternoon yeah. and stop. It's been raining for like six weeks. It's like fucking unbelievable. And everyone knows I like to snowboard and I, I, I keep trying to meet other friends that snowboard at my level mainly because then you're at the bottom and get on the chairlift at the same time. It's kind of a pain <laughs> to go with someone not at your level. And I still haven't found anyone. But it doesn't... Mammoth Mountain, the pictures are insane. The chairlift is covered with snow. Like what is yes. usually 30 feet above the snow 
in certain parts, wind has blown the snow. They've gotten so much snowfall that you can't even go there. They're right. just now getting to where it's dug out and you can ride the bottom part of the mountain. So even though I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like, oh, God, I look at that snow. That would feel so good to ride on. I You can't go up there. It's too much no. snow times 100. Well, and also there's already snow up there and then it could start snowing again and then you could get socked in like they what happened to all those people in Lake Arrowhead where there were people yep. who went up there for the weekend to yep. get away. It started snowing. It didn't stop. There was 10 fucking feet of snow yeah. and they had to emergency like life vac in a bunch of like water and food. Yeah, it's so funny to me. And I am someone, I grew up, uh, snow like that is not bad news to me. I just think mm -hmm. of how badly I wanted snow since 1988, when I first started playing in it. And uh, so imagine if you don't, uh, if you just live at Lake Arrowhead and you're not interested in skiing or, or sledding or anything, it's just got to be like the worst. You're just locked yeah. in your house. Which I have to say, I wouldn't mind. I'm a big isolator and I do enjoy it. But the idea that you're locked in and you're just slowly, you're slowly running out of food. Now you're down to like boiling black beans and panicking. And then even then people aren't coming. Like they, it's so close to, I mean, it's literally what, an hour drive back down the mountain yeah. to be like at any fast food joint you want. It's not like you're way out in the middle of nowhere. You're relatively close to you know, immediate civilization. And those people are just like, we're trapped. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I feel bad. I feel bad for old Brooks Whelan. He just went up for a getaway with his lady friend. He was there a week. Had to Oof. wait for the plowman to come. Jesus Christ. <sighs> He's okay. Yeah. He's okay. Brooks is okay. Brooks, I believe, can he'll make it through no matter what. That's it's what he's all about. He's resilient. But the, I saw that um, there was a video on TikTok from Mammoth of the guy that was standing, tapping the top of the ski lift. And you don't, he's just standing on snow and tapping this thing. And you're like, okay, who cares? And then they show the picture of where, how it normally is. Yeah. And it's like, he's literally three stories yep. up tapping on the top of yeah. the thing. It's not so. And and as someone that never got the training of how to not die in one, I am scared of avalanches. And yeah. It's a very real thing. There's a little uh, sensor in my jacket. So after three weeks, you would find my body. But oh, good. that's not oh, enough great. of a comfort. I'm not, I'm not too worried about <laughs> burial or ashes or you even finding me. That's, I mean, that brings well, then me no comfort. I'm, it's good that I guess you splurged for the corpse retrieval button, but <laughs> you don't have to do it next time. It's a button. <laughs> oh, at last, uh, thank God at the last minute, I I tripped off my corpse retrieval button. <laughs> okay, there he is down there. Great. Otherwise, you it's have to have a walkie-talkie, like a, a transceiver. I, I just, that's things I'll get later after I start wearing also, a helmet. Also, I've seen, like, I'm sure you have too, you know, documentary footage or whatever, somebody that like gets into, it, not even an avalanche, but just like getting into snow, like it's a horrible. Slide, like where it's sliding, yeah. Or like being covered by snow where it knocks you over and then you don't know if you're standing upright or upside down, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You have to like dig for light and stuff. I mean, that's I no, mean, thank you. there are times, and I didn't realize how serious of a situation it was. There are times where I've just 
messed up on the edge of a trail and tumbled into a tree well and then the the snow so i'm upside down in a, a you know a recessed part at the base of a tree and then the snow from the top of the tree falls on you mm-hmm. so suddenly you're on a, there's several pounds of loose snow on you even though you're really your feet are still sticking out you're strapped into a board and you i have spent an entire hour just trying to stay calm and digging out so I can get myself inverted and undo my board. There are, you know, if you're upside down that long, you can die just from that. Uh, yep. And it's happened to me. And I didn't, I was just like, oh, that was frustrating. I didn't realize how dangerous that situation is. So maybe good. I maybe it's good that I haven't snowboarded. I have my board all waxed. It's right by the door. I just think some someone's going to come over and take me. <laughs> Well, yeah, you'll you'll always be ready. Yeah, I am ready. But do you think that if with that much snow, like how how could you're saying is there is the likelihood of an avalanche increased? Yes. Oh, especially because you're going on the way up hills. I was thinking of like this, especially if it got really cold and there's ice, and then on top of that, there's a a new pack of fresh snow. That's just on a snow slide like it's oh that's why when you're checking for avalanche you have to look at the layers and and tap it that's why i thought you said the guy with was tapping i kind of know how to uh figure out if it's dangerous or not i just don't know how to not (laughs) say well we shouldn't snowboard today i'll just be like duly noted it's dangerous and i go with my day and i I'm informed. Yes you can sign the can you sign verbally sign the consent to say I was warned Years ago, that I had the chance if I could have just come up with like four hundred dollars for gas money to be part of uh, my my very good friend Ross was was on a in a snowboard video where the helicopter had a landing pad on a boat and they went oh, to shit. Alaska and they dropped them at the top of these mountains and then someone in the helicopter would be telling them, oh, to your left, don't go that way. There's a 12-foot cliff. Go to your right. My right or your right? Like, the, no. the it's untr- never been ridden before, a lot of these mountains. And I, when I watched that footage, I was like, oh, I very much, this would have been uh, a point where I realized I was in over my head. All of my friends and Ross are way better than me. <laughs> I would have been in danger. I was very glad I, it would have been an experience and I know how to not get in trouble. I just would have to publicly be like, I'm scared, I'm going this way. And then they'd all make fun of me. But it wouldn't be as bad as the time I went skiing first and last. What happened? And it was my ex's family, because they all ski. Uh-huh. And his dad was like, I want to teach you to ski. It would be my honor. And I was like, okay. But I was like, I, I'm old and I am very like, as you well know, like kind of set in my ways and kind of like, when I know something is a no, it's a no. And yeah. I d- won't discuss it with you. But I really wanted to like, I don't know, it's like a skiing thing. I, skiing people are very separate, different than me. I always feel like they're better. So I'm like, okay, I should learn to ski. Not to mention so, the uh, pressure to bond with in-laws. Right? And, and please people. So he taught me for like... I'd say 
a little over half an hour <laughs> how to go. And we were on like the bunny slopes and it's like pizza, pizza french fries, french whatever. Fries, pizza, french fries. <laughs> and even then it was more of a verbal discussion than it was like, I think I actually tried it two times. Yeah. And then I think I went down the bunny slope once and it went fine. And so everyone's like, Karen. And then we had lunch and I was like, I have to take these boots off. They're too small. And then afterwards, Pete's like, let's go up like the the regular run. And I'm like, I can't, I, I just don't think yeah. I can. I don't think I know enough. And he's like, come on, it means a lot. Or I don't know, whatever. We go up there and we start down this thing. And it's like, people are speeding past little kids yeah. and everybody going down this narrow thing. And I'm like, no, I do not know how to do this. Like yeah. what I did t all day today was basically on a big flat driveway. And this is like a literal run. There's no way I can do this. Yep. And so we start going down and like, then there's immediately a turn. I was like, no, I was not taught anything. If this is what we were supposed to be doing, I know nothing right now. And I ended up, they had to call ski patrol. I had to get like in a little cart Oh, I had wow, to get pulled down the mountain and it was the most humiliating yep. thing. Took off them boots and was just like, Did you groan so and pretend so you were mad. in pain? I would have pretended to be hurt. Oh, my well, aching broken leg. It was almost like I started, it was almost like I was hurt because I wouldn't stop um, putting my legs and feet in the wrong position. They're like, just don't, don't do that. I'm like, right, but I can't keep sliding down this hill out of control. Like if I don't do this, oh, cause I kept stick, I was jamming my ski poles into the ground to keep myself from going forward. Yeah. Like it was a total disaster to the point where they had to, and it was, it was his mom that was like, it, this is ridiculous. We're calling ski patrol. Where it was just like, yeah, how the fuck else am I going to get down here? Like, I'm not cho choosing to not go down. I don't know how to ski. Like, yeah. it was a nightmare. And I just remember laying back in that little cart that they cart you down in as if I had a broken leg, staring up and being like, this, I've done a lot of humiliating things in my life. I think this might be, this is number one. And it's always it. under the chair. Everyone yes. watching you. Oh, yeah. Memorize that jacket. We have to heckle her in the lodge. You better <laughs> People, be limping. Ski skiing alongside you and looking down, like literally like what happened to you. It was, it was awful. It was tr really bad. And I also wanted to like, didn't, I don't, I'm not telling the story to be critical because his dad was so lovingly like, I yeah, want to impart sure. with, to you so you we can all enjoy this yeah. together. And it's like, it doesn't, it's more, it takes more than an hour to impart that information. Yes. It takes a long time to get uh, to where it's not dangerous for you to be up there. I've always taken it really seriously when I... But I, when I am with someone that isn't that we're like, I brought a girlfriend years and years ago. Uh, I had a girlfriend from Orange County and we went to Montana and she wanted to snowboard. And I went off with my friends because I was in my 20s and, <laughs> and she, of course, got caught in a tree well and was oh. stuck. She was gone all day. I'm like, oh, I, she's died. I don't, and very, she very much could have. And it was just, Falling off of a traverse trail and landing in a, it, I, I'm realizing now what the position I put her in just because I was like, but she wanted, she really wanted to go. It wasn't just me. But I think people, do, it's like people don't understand. It's like that kind of thing where like, if you were roller skating 
and you've been roller skating for five years, then it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. We're going to roller skate. Yeah. But if you just put on roller skates, right. you, you, remember that thing where you'd like hold the wall mm -hmm. and anytime someone passes you, you're like, oh, I could have fallen down. Right. Like there's a part of it, of all that kind of thing where it's the letting go right. that's part of it and like trusting yourself and finding that right. balance. If you're in fear, then you're fucked yeah. because then you're doing everything kind of backwards and off balance. My mom, when I would skateboard in front of the house, my mom would occasionally come out and she's like, can I try? And I was just like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> you will. I'm already traumatized enough when she carried my trombone <laughs> home from Paxson and slipped on ice and broke her tailbone. Oh, shit. It, I quit blowing the horn because of that. Yeah. You should have anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think now? See the, the You the never fact that needed I, that goddamn horn. Yeah, you never I needed it. Same thing with my lips. <laughs> Didn't need that $200 sweat locker. Spit <laughs> valve having disgusting chap lips every day. No one talked to me. It'd bang against my braces. Uh, but yeah, I, I was so worried that my mom would just like, when I wasn't looking, try and drop in on my quarter pipe and break her arms. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, physically protective of my mom. Well, and also because especially skateboarding, um, my ex also took my nephew, Johnny, who at the time was, I think, 10. Now he's like 30. It's so crazy. But they went to, there was a new skate, indoor skate park in Petaluma. And they went to it because Johnny was got super into skateboarding. And of course, Pete knew how to skateboard. Yeah. And he dropped in and he, you know, but it's pretty serious bowl. Yeah. He dropped in, immediately did something, his ankle, like rolled his ankle, fell down, and then just was like at the bottom of it. And Johnny rode back over and then some kids came over and one of the kids goes, I think your grandpa's dead. <laughs> he just jumped a generation. It was just like all humiliation upon insult upon humiliation. <laughs> just like worst, the worst. So embarrassing. Yeah, nothing's worth. Nothing, nothing is worth. The, wow, why can't I talk? Nothing's worse than being writhing in pain, and off in the distance, you hear a child call you grandpa. <laughs> Just putting the icing on the cake there. Yeah, I and I'm not saying I would if it was an indoor facility and there was a teacher there. I think moms can, all moms should skateboard. That that's what's my mind has been opened. Not only to how long there's guys my age that are still on top of their game, and I all I do is follow moms and and kids and little girls that are really good at skateboarding. It it blows my mind. I could not have anticipated it just ten years ago, and yeah. I love it. But it is not anything to lightly go into and think that you're just going to do it. You will break your wrist. Well, and also if you are like speaking as a middle aged woman who. Uh, does a lot of sitting in front of her Zoom all day long. It's not that kind of... Skateboarding is the kind of thing where it's like, unless you're very limber and like have balance and really good, like you practice balance. Because it, it's not it's not casual. Your mom was like, can I try it? Can I hop up on that board? You're being realistic. It's yeah. like, no, no. You need to go practice some shit. You need to go do some ankle moves. You need to like you know, to work on it a little bit because this thing will absolutely snap your neck if you do it wrong. Unless it's a robot skateboard that is voiced by Dom DeLuise, as in the movie 
three movies, The Skateboard Kid, one through two, which was produced and directed by, who's the guy that did all the stuff with Tim Conway? Harvey. Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman made these movies. So the voice is Dom DeLuise. I watched it with uh, with Doug Millard when I was in Austin. It was a, it's the funniest, weirdest, like, oh my God, we've evolved as a society type of movie <laughs> where you watch and you're like, I cannot believe they made this. It was, you know, around the time of Goonies and Ghoulies and all those shows. It's a skateboard that talks and tells jokes. It's just like <laughs> Jack Frost, the talking snowman that is your dead dad. The fact right. that those cocaine-riddled pitch meetings were given the green thumb. And they're like, yeah, it's a talking skateboard. It flies around. All of a sudden, the kid's good. Kids will love it. Yeah, yeah. Dom DeLuise. When is he, he, you know, he's the reason that people like Cannonball run. Let's make it. Snort. (laughs) Let's Let's all snort this this line off of this board meeting table. (laughs) Or chairman of the board, the surf movie with Carrot Top. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, sorry. Or son-in-law with Polly Shore. There was a, a tweet about uh, Ernest, you know, the, the man who went to camp and was in the army and did all the things Polly Shore did in movie form. Jail. Yeah, he went to jail. <laughs> he saved Christmas. So, there was a tweet that had the list, and I'm like, wait, that's nine thing, things. There's yeah. no way there was nine movies starring a guy that was a Orange County car pitch man. He ca- yeah, like he had commercials coming. You know what I mean, Vern? We got a 1988 Toyota that, like, you can find his original work, which is clearly yeah. just another coked-up executive watching TV. <laughs> They're like, uh, I don't know. Let's see what's on. That guy, him, the guy in the commercial. Let's give him yeah. 12 movies. It's 1987. What do we have to lose? That's back when in 1987 there was literally four people in charge. They were all white men that were 62 and they had terrible taste. And that's explains everything that was happening back then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, The skateboard kid. Oh, we did it. That's an hour. Boom. I see that blows my mind. Does that mean, and I think it does, because that seemed like the fastest one we've ever done. Does that just mean we were our best and the funniest? Yes. It is what it means, huh? Every time. God, how, what's going to be the ceiling on this? The ceiling, Karen? (laughs) Sure, one day I'll be able to enunciate words, but above that, (laughs) how, I mean, we're just going to keep getting better? Yes. Then what? Then we might have comedy acts that we can do publicly and proudly. Yeah, you're right. It's all, it's all going into the talent pot. What I like to call the talent pot. Yeah. And I'll mix it with on it. my high-powered agent stick. <laughs> or a spoon. <laughs> Probably not a stick, but a spoon. <laughs> the little agent spoon just stirred around. They make it happen with one pinky out. Success is just witchcraft. Or you got to be a waiter. I just watched a thing where it's like, Jennifer Lawrence, Findy, everyone that's famous was discovered while waiting on someone. That that's another that's more of a '90s thing, I think. But Jennifer Aniston was a nepo baby. She's not on that list. Her right, father right. was There's, a fa- on a famous soap opera. Yeah, there was there was a whole list of them, uh, and it's just like you're in a park. Someone approaches you and your mom and says, "You got the goods to be a model, Ashton Kutcher." <laughs> whatever, and then all of a sudden, 
or Jennifer Lawrence is someone that's very good at acting. I just watched all the Hunger Games, thoroughly enjoyed the second one to where I cried five times. But she is very good. And she just was hanging out with her mom and someone was like, you'd be a good model. I'm so high on Coke. And then look at her now. Um, Well, this was a fast one because we had fun. You're fun. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dinar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.